What's up, everyone? Welcome to You Know I Got Soul, podcast number 10. I'm filling in as the host this week. This is Tom. What's up, everyone? Kyle's sitting out this week, but we've got Ed with us here. Yes, your boy is back. Bowser is back after a little bit of a layoff. Still spitting that hot fire because that's what the end-level boss does. And I got the princesses in my castle, homie, because, I mean, you know I got Soul Studios chilling with my boy here in New York. And we've got the wives in the other room. They're talking about scandal or something. I don't know. We've also got Barry Bars with us, the newest member of the team. What's up, Barry? I'm doing good. I'm doing good, man. I'm I'm, I'm proud and, and happy to be here. Um, very first podcast with you guys. So uh, I got my arm on and I'm ready to roll. And do, the, and do you know I got Soul Satellite Office in Brooklyn? <laughs> exactly, exactly. So the first topic we're going to go into is Tyrese. New album is out as of yesterday. They changed the album release date to Fridays now, which is a little crazy. Uh, Black Rose, his final album, it's already causing a bit of a stir. He did some promo here in New York. He was in the subways and the streets <laughs> yes. talking to random people. Did you guys see that? I saw that, and it was hilarious. Um, I haven't yet heard the album. I've heard a lot, a lot of feedback. You know me. You know, I have to come with the review at some point. What I'm hearing is that the man is singing. Like, he is delivering those lyrics. I mean, he is giving us outstanding vocals on this song, on this album. So, I like to see it from out of her. There are not too many standouts. And, I mean, he's hilarious out here pushing this album. So, good for Tyrese. Good for going independent. So, hopefully we'll hear something good from it. I will give my expert opinion when I get a chance. Have you heard it yet, Barry? Yeah, I, oh, I haven't heard the entire album. Um, I did listen to Shame, uh, which I, I kind of, I think I was talking to Tom um, earlier in the week, and I was kind of saying that the sound was more theatrical, and that was something we weren't really expecting from Tyree. So I think it, it's going to be a good look for him down the line as far as having a piece of work that isn't uh, so modern, but more of a, a piece of work that's allowing him to express his feelings and, and things that he hasn't touched bases on in his music. So I'm, I'm excited to hear it. Now, you said that you heard Shame. Have you heard anything else? Because, like I said, the criticism that I heard was that there were very few standouts on this album. So is that something that you would agree with, it's just from what you've heard so far? Well, I haven't I haven't touched on, uh, touched, the, touched the album yet. You know, I've listened to the actual, uh, let's say I listened to Shane. Yeah. And um, the, the whole Friday switch was kind of taking me off guard, you know, because Tuesday, just last Tuesday, you know, music was dropping. And this was the first week that things kind of came out on Friday. Uh, which, you know, I, I really don't know how I feel about that quite yet. You know, how it's going to affect, you know, music sales and so forth. But, you know, hopefully it, it'll work out. Well, you know, we're all creatures of habit. So, you know, ever since, I mean, as far as I can remember, Tuesday is the day that the new mm-hmm. hotness dropped. So to push it to Friday seems very strange. But, you know, I think it would be good. Another thing about the Tyrese, though, I just want to go back for a second. He's, he, he's never one to be... To hold back anything. He's active on Instagram, Twitter, everywhere, telling you how he feels. He's been on, on Instagram lately saying, you know, they say R&B is dead. Real real full R&B albums are gone. You know, he's trying to basically change that the perception with this album on his own as an independent artist. Do you guys feel that he's projected to do 60,000 first week, which is pretty good for an independent artist in R&B, but you guys feel like Tyrese, with his celebrity, has the power to cause a stir, to cause a, a you know a wave back towards R&B in the mainstream at all. 
I mean, I think he does only if he delivers the actual content with that. Because Tyrese has a very rabid fan base. And Tyrese's fan base, Tyrese could sing the phone book. And his fan base would be like, yes, and blah, blah. Because it's Tyrese. Because Tyrese, Tyrese has abs and he puts baby oil on him. And he's in movies that people like. And it seems like a lot of the artistry takes a backseat to that. Not to say that he doesn't have that, because he does have that. So at his level of celebrity and his influence, if he came with a very, very strong single and a very strong album, he does definitely have the ability to do that. But he has to deliver with his content and can't just let the stands push it forward. I'm going to piggyback on what Bowser kind of said about, you know, his fan base. I mean, I I feel it's more what. What side of the fan base for sure? Is it going to be, you know, those who are who really supported his music and want to actually financially support it so that you see those sales? Or is it going to be those who who do see his social media and almost, you know, they you know, they have their, their thoughts and, and, and so forth on the album, but they're they're not going to actually go out and support it financially. So it depends on who shows up. But what I'm seeing from Zyrie's. After also viewing, I don't know if you guys saw the video of Shane, but it's it's almost like a re a rebranding or a recreation of him wanting to be taken seriously. You know, um, some of the things that Tyrese has said on on Instagram or Twitter, people have taken and kind of ran with it. But I, I feel like now he really wants to live out this this idea of bringing back true R and B, and and if. The only way to succeed is if this rebranding works and someone sees how serious he's taking his promo and how serious he's taking, you know, the visuals. And I, I think he'll be able to deliver. Well, I will say one thing. I don't think it's going to be his last album. And there's definitely going to be another TGT album. That's my personal opinion. I don't know what you guys think on that. but Well, we were kind of chatting about this the other night where we were just, you know, having dinner and chilling. Like, who really retires? Like, in any, in any genre, who really retires? Like, even if you go away for five or ten years, you're going to pop back up eventually. I mean, just it's, it's because it's the limelight is that addicting or bills got to be paid. <laughs> At some point, we all come back and we all, you know, fans are looking forward to it again. So, no, I don't think that this is the last album. But if Tyrese goes away for a while, tries to focus on acting, philanthropy, whatever else he wants to do, that's cool. But before he bounces, just give us some heat. That's all I ask. <laughs> Well, there was one artist who retired that told me they retired, Mark Dorsey. I don't know if you guys are familiar. Yes. Who, yes. who I also happened to run into recently, but he's actually back in the game. So uh, as of right now, I have nobody that I know of that retired. <laughs> Shout out Mark Dorsey, who delivered one of the best hooks in the past 15, 20 years. He killed that I love you better. Man, that is a smash player. Oh, that wasn't Pharrell? Oh, the day Pharrell sounds oh, like that. Let me chill. Let me chill. <laughs> Pharrell. Oh, man. Shout out to Mark Dorsey, though. He came through and supported a Soul Village event recently, so good dude out in Jersey. Real good energy. Real uh, good. Barry, I want to get your take on something. Don't mean to put you on the spot, but you're kind of from a little bit of a younger generation than me and Bowser. And I know you're excited about some new artists coming out in R&B, so I want to get your take. Who, who who has you uh, interested right now? Who have you heard recently that's got you excited? Recently, recently, um, Justine Scott. Justine Scott project. Um, 
I'm giving more listens, and uh, I'm normally a first listen guy. I listen to it one good time, and you know, either it, it it truly stays on the iPhone, or you know, I'll listen to it on Spotify when I'm in that moment. But I'm giving a couple more listens, and that's that's something uh, I'm excited about. Uh, who else? Mail wise, uh, I like a couple records off Elijah Blake's. I like a couple that 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 really pushed me and um that I've I've listened to, um, but I think y'all forgot I'm an old soul, so I was you know I'm listening to a lot of the older stuff too, um, couple of the case records that I, I'm listening to daily every morning, uh, Charlie Wilson still listening to that album. Uh, well, there are a couple of the better albums of the year, so I can't uh, hate on you there. So I mean I, I'm that's what I'm I'm listening to and I'm I'm as a younger I will say this um, as a younger generation who did hear some of those songs as as coming up you know like next you know listening to a lot of I'm actually excited to hear the new RL album you know mm-hmm. like I was when I had a chance to talk to RL a couple uh, weeks ago I I told him like that's you know. A, I wanted to express to him is that even though we're a younger generation, we remember when those songs were out and it's exciting to see them as solo artists and being successful. So I'm excited for that album, you know? How about uh, our boy Purple Wonderlove? I know you're feeling that project. I like the project. I yeah. really like, I, I like the elements that he's, I, I keep saying he's reintroducing because it's the closest thing to uh, what I like to listen to. I'm a little, I, me and Tom always joke about, you know, what we prefer. I'm a, I'm a slower ballad guy, you know, and I like the, the positive uh, tracks that he does have on there. So it's, it's right down my lane. I love it. Oh. And two of, I think two of Ed's favorite albums this year, according to his reviews, were Tamia and Jasmine Sullivan. Have you had a chance to check those out? I listened to Jasmine Sullivan's album, loved it. Um, I haven't had a chance to get around to Tamia's. Okay. Well, that's your homework um, assignment tonight because as of July 11th, it is the album of the year. I am going on record saying it. It's the R&B album of the year. So somebody beat that. I challenge you. Challenge you to top to me at this year. Can't argue with that one. Now, now back to Barry. Another topic we wanted to bring up. Uh, some outrageous statement you made to us the other day. We have to put this. On wax. Yeah, I stand, I stand behind this statement. <laughs> oh, oh, you so, won't have plenty of chance to defend it. So let's, go. let's take it from the top here, basically. I don't even know how this came about. I don't know. Why don't you, why don't you explain it, Barry? So, the, I feel like the conversation had, I kind of got started when we were talking about uh, true. Oh, we were talking about um, the review from uh, uh, Shadows and Diamonds, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, so we were talking about. Elijah's, uh, Elijah Blake's album, and um, you felt like his, uh, you can maybe describe a little bit more, but his, as far as his range, when we were talking about, you know, vocal ability amongst male vocalists, and um, I kind of, I basically was saying, you know, in the last decade, last decade and a half, we haven't had the ability to hear a, a fresh, true male vocalist. Um, outside of, of, of Luke James, um, outside of BJ the Chicago kid, you know, um, and you guys, you know, felt, felt differently. Um, you took it a bit further than that though. I yes. did take it a bit further than that. I said the last artist that I felt like 
really gave us true vocal ability and in a, in a long, long while was Usher. You know, and that may be me coming from a younger generation, but seeing how his vocal ability really increased, which each, which each album, which I kind of would say peaked right after Confessions, um, when he was really just giving us versatility, and you know, we weren't getting the pop R and B, we were we were getting straight ballads, you know, with those albums. I, I, that's who I personally feel who was really giving you know us different looks at what vocal talent was as well as being an entertainer entertainer like it's not easy to dance on stage while you're giving us you know those those vocals so i i feel like he really nailed what it is to be a a, a well-rounded artist and a and a, a vocal vocal talent well tom's over here like looking at my face right now i'm waiting for that i'm just I'm going to just kick my feet up right now and let Ed go in on you. Well, here's the thing. Let's, let's break this down. <laughs> I will agree with you 100% that when it comes to the greatest entertainer in R&B right now, if you want to look at all the factors, if you're looking at singing, dancing, showmanship, Usher is number one, and there are few who can measure up to him. I mean, you know, if you've been drinking long enough, my cousin Chris Brown, I guess, is number two. But whatever. So, yes, Usher has that there beat. However, when we're talking about vocal ability since then, player, I don't know if I agree. Especially when we're saying leading up to. Now, Usher, we have to take the totality of his career. Because people are like, Usher debut, well, you, you made me want Clearly not. Um, and we have seen him grow vocally over that time, but I feel like to me, vocally, he peaked maybe around, um, 8701. That's kind of around the time that it kind of like spittered out for them. And I'm not saying the brother can't sing. He can sing, but the best we got for real? The what? Uh-uh, homie. No, 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 no. I don't think it's the best we even got this year when you actually break it down. Who we we? When I look at vocal ability, yeah, I, I take one thing in, into into question. Yeah, Sam. Can can any other artist do your song better than you? And I can out of the artists that we've had now. When you look at records like "There Goes My Baby," mm-hmm. who who would you give that record to? Outside of the two I need, that would do better as a vocal performance on that type of record. Wait, hold on, hold on. I don't think that song particularly requires a ton of vocal ability, though. Well, I will say, you know, I will do... Now, he hits some notes on that joint now, but... But I'm, uh, I mean, I mean, it's no. You're not gonna get like the, the Grammy off of that. <laughs> Although he probably did, because the Grammy is weird. But whatever. Go ahead. Go ahead. Before I interrupt you. I'm just, I'm just baffled here. It's like we went from Stevie Wonder to Usher, and then we've never heard anyone. No, that. but that's my point. That's my point. There are dudes who are doing it other than Usher. Like, ugh. Well, I said the last 15 years. You know, because some of my favorite vocalists of all time, you know, are are. The seventies and the eighties. Yeah, so and I'm with you. You're talking this. to King Keith Sweat fan over here. Like I'm feeling. <laughs> like I live in the eighties, but if we're looking at the past fifteen years, we're talking about the year two thousand. So like 
You think Usher's crushing everybody in 2000 forward? Everybody? You put D'Angelo out there. But are we talking 90s debut? Or yeah, are we, are we talking, talking debut since well, 2000 or relevant since 2000? That's two different things. Because a lot of the artists that were out in the 90s just, you know, let's be honest. Like, after the 2000, that 2000 period changed, changed music. No question. No question. So, if I wouldn't say debuts because debuts... They change everything after 2000 changed, regardless whether you came out in the 90s or you came out in the 2000s. That sound, there was a sound going on at that period. So I just would pick it up from there, like from the 2000s and on, anybody who was relevant. Okay, anybody who has been relevant since 2000 on. You got Usher at the top, and who else you got? You're kind of forgetting the whole, what about the whole Philly soul scene? Is that any of that count or no? I count it, but this is this is my thing. I'm I'm probably the biggest neo soul artist. I mean, the big old, biggest neo soul fan that that I've seen or anybody have seen in a while. I just I purely live off of it. The issue with neo soul is that the elements that's involved kind of take back from the true vocal ability. If you listen to songs, great songs, beautiful songs. The way that they're written, they're not written to the strength of the vocal ability. They're written to the mood of the song. Play, well, yeah, I'm so, uh now you know I am and I'm a guest and you know I got Soul Studios. <laughs> I'm about to flip the table like um <laughs> like Left Eye in the uh, Red Light Special video. You're trying to say that like the vocal abilities don't match up to the neo soul artists? Like for real? No, I'm I'm saying this from what we heard uh-huh. from the neo soul era we have jill scott can blow she can blow 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 but we didn't get those ballads that we were getting because of the way that the writing was everything was short and staccato like look look back at, at at music's debut and his very first single that wasn't written to his vocal ability that was written to what the mood of the that song gave you yeah, you know, that so song, it, though. Like, that song. But I don't think as an overall for the genre that's true, though. It's almost like Glenn Lewis was never born. That's all I have to say. <laughs> have you heard this dude's vocal abilities? We got Maxwell. We put Maxwell up No, there. but he's 90s, though. Yeah, but he, he was relevant in 2000, so he, he should count. He was relevant in 2000. He, he should count. Black Summer's Night. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, even before then. What was the... the um? The song where he's like floating in the streets or something. I mean, that's every video. He's like, like asleep <laughs> in the sidewalk or something. But um, no, he was relevant in 2000. Maxwell counts. Can I throw another name out there? Yeah. A sleeper pick right here. Yeah. And don't hate on my boy, John B. John B was relevant in 2000. John B was yes. Relevant. No, he wasn't. He was still on the major. I don't like this term, by the way. Relevant, not relevant. To me, everyone's relevant who's making R&B, but. You tell me, John B. I consider a, a, a pretty good vocalist, and I, I'm sorry, Usher. I just, I just can't. No, and, and I wonder, and and Barry help a brother out with this one. But like, when you when you put Usher at the top, does that happen to be? Are you also factoring it in like things like visibility and you know, like right, just I'm, just I'm sales? Because again. like. There are tons of artists that I can say have a stronger vocal ability since 2000 and Usher. 
But when you factor in celebrity and just success, yeah, he's going to eclipse them for all of those factors. So is that what you're also putting in? Because then that I can agree with you on. It's but we straight talking about vocals. Huh? Part of part of having vocal talent is knowing how to use it and use it to your best ability, right? So if you can blow, you can blow. But being able to, again, do a wild choreographer, choreography, dancing, and just presence on a record. That has to be taken into account. No question. But I feel like those are separate categories because being able to sing and dance, that goes into the entertainment category for me, for me. If you're going for like, you know, ability, putting out a successful album, that might go into sales. So we would be looking at the totality of an artist. But if we're just talking straight up vocals, I mean, to me, that narrows the field. But put it this way, right? You have a great studio record. And you go see them live. Yeah. You expect to see and hear the same artist. So you have to put in entertainment because if you're not getting that presence that you heard on that studio record, you're going to think differently about that artist, which I've had. I've had experiences where it was kind of like, whoa. Uh, oh, yes, I have The too. studio, you know, quality that I was expecting. And I'm not even saying that there were, you know, producer or engineer tweaks done to it. I just think the presence the record, it just did not match the feeling that when I heard it, you know, on my on my uh, my musical devices, that I got that same feeling. So you have to put some, maybe not a hundred percent, but you got to put some into presence and just feeling of the record and putting that on the stage, just like you put it on. That's part of, of vocal talent. Well, because you got to know when to switch on the studio button and when to turn the studio button off and, and get the live, you know. Well, looking back, since we're looking at the next, the past 15 years, we're talking about Usher. Tell me some other male artists that you would put up there if Usher's number one. I mean, you don't have to rank them, but others you would throw up there as like the top, maybe the top 10 or so. Who else meets that criteria? I put Cisco up there. I thought we talked about that. We um, talked about that, and I um, yeah, tried not you, to throw my drink, but go ahead. You know, uh, Tyrese. Mm-hmm. We definitely talked about Tyrese. Um, Tom put out there Tank. I think Tank. Hell yeah, Tank. You know, on, so we put Tank out there. I said Maxwell. My list started standing out. <laughs> um, I-, I figured it out, Bowser. Yeah. You just came on here and started trolling. <laughs> like, this is all a joke, right? This, can't, this isn't no, real life. No. I was I was straight to the Cisco, and I was like, Cisco? Cisco was hot for, like, if we're talking from 2000 to 2015, from about 2000 to 2000, Cisco was hot. After that, oh, oh, oh. No, I, I think he got confused. I think Barry thought that we, he just needed to come up with a controversial topic to stir something up here. Is that it? Just all pot as soon as I came. Well, you got my underarms all sweaty, so... <laughs> So thanks, you did that. So let me throw let me throw a wrench in it. Okay. Out of the, out of the neo soul era, who are who are you giving you know number one? If we're just breaking it down oh, into subgenres, you feel like that genre really had a a vocal presence. Where where are you? What songs are we referring to? As this song was a breakout song as far as vocal ability. Are we talking 2000, 2015, or are we talking about the neo-soul era? Because that started a little earlier. Yeah, I'm talking about the entire era. To me, it had always been 
And I know we kind of give D'Angelo kind of the, you know, he gets the pass for like Brown Sugar being the groundbreaking album. To me, and I wrote about this on my site not long ago, I think Badu is the one who broke the ground. Like she was the one who made it mainstream, who made okay. eyes go to that and be like, okay, I think Baduism to me is like the gold standard for that. I agree. I agree. Shout out um, to uh, Kedar Massenberg. Yes. For Neo Soul. Huge, huge, huge time we, in music. We, I, we recently I, had I, a run-in I, with him. You I think what? it's coming back. I spoke with a, a friend of mine the other day, and I think you know that's the era that's kind of coming back because you do got the, you know, like I said, the BDJ and the Chicago kids, and uh, even Kalani gives olds to the '90s a lot. So I, I like what we're going right now as far as uh, that era. That's I, I think fans are hungry for it, and I think we underestimate younger fans too much and say, "Oh, they just want ratchet." Ah, uh, they just want snap music. Blah, blah. But I think that it's getting to a point where younger fans are starting to mature and they're starting to want more from music. And I think that's why you see the garbage that circulates on radio and the sales are bad and they can't really keep up because I think audiences as as um fans have like they came in the game and now they're getting a little up in age, they can differentiate talent from trash. And I right. think they're starting to want a little bit more substance in their ears, and that's why I'm kind of hopeful that in the next couple years we're gonna really see. Uh, I don't know if we're gonna see another golden age, but we will see a strive and a leaning toward more toward substance, good writing, good production, and not so much lazy stuff. You know, I I read an interesting article, but this is more towards hip hop, but I think it applies to R and B as well. I don't know if you guys know a rapper named OG Mako. Yep. Yeah, he said future uh, basically influenced people to become uh, drug addicts. But the interesting thing is, if you dig deeper into the article, he pretty much says he made a song that was like drug related and and had no substance just to get signed, and it did get him signed to Motown. But now that he's gonna put out his album on Motown, it's all gonna be more positively influenced. Which I thought was like, I mean, I I know this type of stuff happens, but to hear someone come out and say it straight up, like. I just did this to get in the industry. I'm not here because I love the music. I just want to get signed. Yeah, that happens all the time. I mean, applaud him for being honest because this happens all the time and just artists just aren't honest about it. But yes, it happens. And I think we're getting to a point where, and I've said this all the time, it, if skills sold, we will see more skills. If skills does not sell, we won't. So if artists continue to push and labels continue to find substance and, you know, I will be able to get paid off of actual talent, then we'll see it. But until then, that's what you know I got soul is for. That's what soul and stereo is for, to tell y'all what's hot and not relying on BET and your radio. But this is the counterpoint to what you guys were saying. I don't think that R&B is ever going to return to the mainstream because good music like R&B it's just not what labels are looking for in this age of uh, everything, instant gratification. You, people are listening for a song on the radio that catches them instantly. R&B, man, for me, you got to live with it. It's got to grow on you. It doesn't always catch you right away. And in these days, the consumers are, are just so fast-paced. They want to you know, feel something instantly, whether it be you know, turn up music or whatever or listening to 30-second snippets because that's all we got now. It's like, for, for me... I just don't think it's going to be the same as it was in the mainstream. I don't know, play. I give it a little bit more hope than that. I think that 
everything is um comes back i think it's all a cycle i think that at some point there is an opportunity for r&b to regain prominence it doesn't seem like it will right now but there were times you know just a few decades ago where r&b was never mainstream was never a huge seller like you had pop you had disco you had those that were the big sellers and even artists that we like we love today Donny Hathaway's those guys didn't sell back in the day and they're considered legendary now but um you know there were great sales when the 90s hit and i think there is a possibility again once the climate changes the cultural climate because like you said right now we're in a fast-paced world that wants instant gratification they want 30 second snippets and let me tell you this next person that texts me talking about Oh, I saw your album review. I didn't agree with it because I listened to the 30-second snippets on iTunes. And I didn't... Well, yeah, don't come telling me about your 30-second snippet album review when I listened to it three or two or three times. Anyway, sorry for the sidetrack. I just had to get that off of brother's chest. But I think the R&B does have the ability to turn back around, and it all has to do with the cultural climate. But in the meantime, in between time, I just hope that artists continue to push the genre forward with their creativity, and with their skills. That's all I ask. I feel like, personally, um, the chain, the, we're, we're, uh, we're trying to put something back together, but we're going about it in the wrong part, right? So um, album sales are, are in shambles, um, and everyone thinks that they know where the leak is coming from. Like, if we fix this leak, you know, R&B will be back. The issue is, and what I truly feel like, when hip-hop songs with R&B features got too friendly, that's when the current state happened. That's when our, no one cared about R&B no more. They just cared about a great hook. That's when no one cared about vocal ability. They just cared about a great vibe. So what's, what it's going to truly take, and it's as sad as, as it sounds, is people have to start acknowledging their worth on someone else's record because if you dumb down or if you feel like this is the only way I can get my name out here, then that's all, that's all people are going to look for. They're going to look for you on the next such and such and such a, you know, hip hop record. They're not going to look for your album. That's just not how the mind works now. You know, it's for instance, you look at an artist like Drake, you know, every summer he's going to drop a, a remix he's going to drop features he's not going to drop because no one's looking for an album everyone's looking for drake features and that's what's happening with r&b is everyone's looking for uh eric bellinger's uh hooks and everyone's looking for chris brown hooks and every everyone's looking for the r&b artists on hooks and then hip-hop got smart and they said you know what i don't have to pay an r&b artist i can sing on my own hook so now you have hip-hop with r&b hooks sung by hip-hop artists so what needs to truly happen is those who really truly want to take back R&B or put a, a foot forward is you don't, you pick very selectively with what you decide to be on. Very, very selectively. And if you, if you look at R&B and the heavyweights, the heavyweights aren't on hooks anymore. The heavyweights focus is back on albums, and that's that's why they're prospering in in this drought right now, you know. And I mean, outside of even Neo, he's not on he's not on as many 
as he used to be, you know, but you, you have to eventually say, okay, that was fun. That was cool. I had a good partnership with such and such or whatever the case may be and focus on putting the attention back on your album and on your singles because you're giving other people more than what you're giving your your more attention you know than you're giving your own album more energy and it's, it's hurting ready for me to interject sure <laughs> ja rule 50 cent and pharrell fronting once it became acceptable for people who had no business singing to be singing and have hit singles singing on radio, it wasn't even possible. You didn't even need truly vocal, truly talented vocalists anymore. Right. You just accepted uh, much less, and then it all went down from there, and I don't think it'll ever return. And I love Pharrell, great producer. He actually can sing now. Ja Rule, though, come on. But I think, again, it just shows the climate. Like, I don't think that it's just that, like, we've gotten to a point where it's like, oh, it doesn't matter. Everybody sucks. We'll just accept it because, you know, there's a vibe. There is an audience that likes that. But like I said, I think that audience is changing over a little bit because um, Rhapsody, I, um, if you aren't familiar with her, Female rapper, probably the best in the game right now. She has this song, and I was listening to her album the other day. And it's hilarious because she was talking about how she has this bar about how everybody loves Future, but Future sold nothing. Everybody loves Kendrick. Kendrick sold a lot because skills are coming back in style. And she's right. And I think that, you know, what you're saying about the 50s and Pharrell's and Ja Rule's was definitely true five years ago and certainly 10 years ago. But I think in 2015, I think audiences are just starting to get wise to the, the crap. And I think that in the next three or four years, we might see a change. Like, I just feel it coming. Well, let's all step down from our pedestals for a minute and take it to a lighter note. It's, t- it's time for Tom's This or That segment. Oh, <laughs> the infamous <laughs> This or That segment. So, all right. I don't know if you're familiar with this, Barry. Have you heard one of these before? Very briefly. So uh, okay. So I basically just throw out some random things, and you pick which one you think is better or you like better. You prefer, actually. Got it. Ready? We ready. ready. In honor of Seven Eleven's uh, National Slurpee Day, the first one is Slurpees, or I think it's called Icy's. I think with the polar bear on it. The blue and the red one. Which one uh, are you taking? Let's go with Slurpees. You better go with Slurpees. I'll jump <laughs> to his computer. Clay, I was just telling Tom that if you were comparing Slurpees and Icy's to Destiny's Child members, <laughs> you got Slurpee as the Beyonce. You got Icy as Latavia. <laughs> Ain't nobody checking for that. <laughs> Shout out to Latavia. You were the cutest though. one. You were my girl. <laughs> All right, so we know Ed's answer now, too. Okay. Uh, and I, I, this is a little unprecedented. I usually don't go into food talk here, but since this was already up for discussion earlier, yeah. and Barry, you weren't involved, waffles or pancakes, or was there another one? No, it was waffles Wa- or pancakes. Okay. No, it was French toast. Waffles, pancakes, okay. and French toast. That's easy pancakes oh, every day. Oh, man. With see, crispy edges. <laughs> no, see, this is why Ben... For those who don't know, my man Barry Boss is another resident of VA, just like <laughs> myself. And because of that, we have great taste in music, 
We have great taste in breakfast food. So I agree with the man that pancakes by far is the best. So take your dry waffles, <laughs> Mr. Leo, and be gone because pancakes wins this. Easy. I don't know what to say after that except for uh, <laughs> we're going back to music. Yes. Neo Soul or New Jack Swing? Woo! Oh, man. Oh, man. He did that. Yes. Oh. This is lightning round. You got to go quickly here. I, I'm I'm baffled. You got to just throw one out there. Neo Soul. I'm going Neo Soul. Wow. And I know, I know wow. that my people are going to come after me because how dare Ed, the biggest defender of Keith Sweat living, go yeah. against the grain. But when you look at the totality of the genre, I know we have our nostalgic rose-colored glasses on. There was a lot of garbage in that New Jack Swing era playing. Let's keep it real. There's a whole bunch of dudes recording the same song over and over again. But, I mean, Teddy Riley, Keith, there were some brothers doing their thing. But New Neo Soul was just overall just so great, so great. I know this is lightning, but i got to explain my pick. Sorry. Shout out to our boy DJ Soul Child. He's currently on a flight over from Switzerland with a pickaxe in hand. (laughs) (laughs) I'll let my boy Derek Dunn. I know he's fainted somewhere. Good Lord. I love y'all, though. All right, moving on. Timbaland or Pharrell, production-wise? Virginia versus Virginia. Excuse me, sorry. Sorry, hold on, hold on. That should be the Neptune. It's not just Pharrell. Yes, yes. Please give Chad his due. Yeah, I got to put the Neptunes. I know I'm biased. I'm biased, but I gotta go Timbaland. I gotta go Tim. I just think he's more diverse. It's fair. Usher versus Genuine, 90s and 2000s. It's two separate answers. Which one do you, will you take in the 90s and which one in the 2000s? Oh, man. Uh, I mean, you gotta take Genuine in the 90s. The, the man danced with a, a broom in a video. Like, <laughs> easy. Uh... And Usher in the 2000s. He dropped 87 on one and then turn around and hit you again with confessions. Usher in the 2000s is a no-brainer. Yeah. Um, I would put Usher slightly ahead of G in the Man. 90s. Slightly, oh, wow. very slightly. Uh, we could debate that one another time. Yeah. That's, a, that's a close one. But. That's another 20-minute talk right there. <laughs> <laughs> and the final one is... Tank, Genuine, or Tyrese? Which one do you prefer of the three? I'm taking Tank. I'm, my gut says Genuine, really. I'm ta- I'm also taking Tank. Yeah, I got to take Tank. So, that wraps up the Tom's This or That segment. Ed, do you have any, any food talk for this time around? Anything we can... Listen, I am on my first visit here. This is my first trip NYC, so I'm going around. I just had some NYC pizza. Like, I'm just going around. I'm about to head out of here once we leave the studio, go hit up some Slurpees, because it's like (laughs) free Slurpee day. I'm going to hit that up, hit that real hard. But other than that, man, I'm just on vacation. I'm chilling. I'm having a ball with my boys talking R&B. When we get the the 7-Eleven sponsorship, for you know I got sold, we're going to get the vending machine in the office. Player. <laughs> and I will, my head will just be under it, and you just hit the lever, and it's just going down. It's going down. Literally, it's going down. It's going down all over my face. It's going just, down. Just make sure it always works, because there's no filler on this planet 
like walking into it. Oh, and, and that red light is on. <laughs> play on. Yeah, man. No, but what's yeah, worse than that is when the red light isn't on, so you think you're going to get it, and then it comes out like water. Yeah, it's kind of, <laughs> it comes out like a little stream. And I'm like, this baby pee is not what I demanded. Oh, uh, yeah, I love Slurpees. And then just to wrap up, oh, Barry, God. tell us about this new venture you got going on. All right. Uh, pretty much um, earlier we were discussing, you know, R&B and pretty much, you know, the direction of where it's going. Um I'm I'm starting a venture uh, called Up Close and R&B, uh, where I w- I kind of want to get back to um, the substance in R&B and the introductions in R&B artists. Um, I feel like currently we don't really have a platform for the new artists. You know, like I was talking to uh, I was talking to Bowser about the first time Mario was on 106 and Park. You know, he debuted a video, and um, I might be wrong, but I believe did Bernie actually come through? On for 106 and Park that same day, like it, was he also there? I that that sounds vaguely familiar. You might be right. I feel like he was there as well. I he kind of co-signed Mario as being like you know a you know great artist, you know someone for people to look to. And what's happening now is we have all these new artists coming out, but no one can put a face with a name, you know. And everyone isn't in New York. Everyone isn't in L.A. and Atlanta. You know Chicago to see the artists up close and personal. You know, so I want to kind of bring that back. So up close and R and B will not only give you know um, shows and stuff that's in your area, uh, but the new artists, you know, album releases um, will also be able to sit down with different R and B artists and just give another outlet, give an outlet back. I shouldn't say another outlet. Give the outlet back to R and B that's positive. That's uh, giving people a chance to put a face with a name and hear good, good. Um, good music and uh, most importantly hear why the artist you know what their, their message is about and what to look forward to with that particular artist so um up close and r&b um if you're on twitter it's at up close and r&b spell all the same with an n instead of the n button it's 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 something to look forward to i'm excited about it i think the game really needs this right now so Ed, tell us about what you've got going on soul and stereo well, even though a brother is on vacation, the grind never ends. So if you haven't stopped by the site lately, we've got a few new album reviews. We've got Ghostface's new album, um, 12 Reasons to Die Part 2, the sequel to his earlier album. It's kind of like a if you took like one of those B-horror flicks and you kind of put in an audio track to that, it's kind of how the album plays out. So I've got a review of that. I've got a review of Lil Wayne's Free Wheezy album, and the stands are after my blood. So go and check out how I got him so mad. But you know me, I keep it real. Sorry, stands. And um, I think on Monday, I had an interesting conversation right before I left town with a friend of mine who sent me a message. He was like, Ed, you know, I read your stuff. I want to get in hip-hop, but I don't know where to start. So can you give me some albums? So I asked a few of my friends across the um across the internet universe. I was like, y'all hit me with your favorite albums. So I asked four um reviewers that I really respect to, to provide two essential hip-hop albums. I included a list. So we've got a total of 10 hip-hop essentials. And I think that should be up on Monday with everyone sharing two albums that they really think changed the game. And I thought that was a really, it came together really nice. It's a really good post. So we got that popping if you're looking for some hip-hop in your life. And you know I got soul. We got 
our coverage from Essence Festival, which we did last week, is out there now. Uh, we did a bunch of interviews again down there once again, so that'll be coming soon. You know, we just keep it rolling with these interviews, so try to churn out like two or three a week. Um, but Essence was a cool experience for us again this year. Got to link up with a whole bunch of artists and, and uh, just check out, you know, some great performances. So uh, if Kyle was here, he would say the same. You know, we got to link up down there as well. He's out in Vancouver. I'm here in New York, so we always always get to meet up and, uh, you know, work together. But good times once again. So I think that's it for, you know, I Got Soul podcast number eight. I mean, excuse me, number 10. Number 10, Number man. 10. 10. They're just flying by. It's epic. Thanks for joining us, Barry. Always, always. I, I look forward to, to being part of more, man. I'm, it was a really great experience. I got to talk with a love so much R&B, baby. You'll be back. You're not just a guest. You're part of the team. So we're going to keep you in the loop. And, Ed, as always, it was good to do this one in person with you. Yes, it was good to actually sit in the studio with my mm-hmm. man and converse and chat and chop it up and talk about hip-hop and talk about R&B and talk about this music that we love so much. So thanks, y'all, for con- for coming through and listening to me rant and rave. And thanks to the readers for uh, for checking these out every week. We've got some great feedback, and we're just going to keep them going. So if there's anything you want to hear or want us to discuss, you know, feel free to let us know and keep giving us that feedback. Other than that, over and out. See you next time. All right. All right, y'all.